Hello, Jordan. What's up, Michael? Tell me about your workouts. Oh, man. Workouts are going well. Well, I got a broken rib, right? Fractured rib. So I'm taking some time away from jujitsu. Hopefully no more than two weeks. I was stupid with it. Like it was really hurting. And then, uh, and then I just kept training, kept training. And then my coach got me in this figure four body lock. You basically just compressed my ribs. And I think that might've been what did it. Um, and so went to the doctor, went to the, to the ER and they were like, yeah, you got a broken rib. I was like, okay, so I'm gonna take a few weeks off and, uh, just hitting strength training hard in the meantime. And I'm like really trying to play with what's the best strength training routine for jujitsu specifically. Um, there's, I, I love the push pull legs. I love that one, but the, uh, the one thing I've noticed is this, cause I really try my best to keep my cardio up. And so in order, like cardio, unfortunately, is one of those things where you can't just do more high intensity sprints and improve your cardio. There's like a, a huge cliff in terms of like how much you can do that. And then like the point of diminishing returns is very, very quick. And it doesn't lead to a significantly better gas tank. Like the, the more you do it, mm. the gas tank is really going to come more from the zone two work, which is by nature longer duration you have to spend more time doing it and so after 45 minutes 60 minutes zone two several times a week is like man adding another lifting on top of it plus jujitsu on top of that it's like asking asking to spend three plus hours in the gym on a pretty frequent basis and um so i'm trying to figure out what's a great strength training routine that requires the least amount of time actually strength training but will also carry over to jujitsu so i just recently wrote myself a new program it's a complete bro body part split, mm -hmm. like 100%. And basically the way I figured, I was like, listen, rather than trying to do like upper lower, which I think is not really the best idea for jujitsu, especially if you're trying to increase your cardio. If you're just trying to do strength, I think upper lower or push pull legs would be great. But if you're also, if you're concurrently trying to do both cardio and strength i actually think a body part split might be the better choice we'll see how this training, because they're shorter workouts shorter workouts yeah I can, I can do something every day and they're they're relatively short i can do something every day and i still have significant or ideally will have significant strength improvements so i'm literally splitting it up monday on monday biceps tuesday triceps wednesday legs thursday uh upper back or Thursday back, Friday shoulders, Saturday, just like accessory work, whether it's shrugs, remember those heavy thoracic extensions you saw me doing with the kettlebell, mm -hmm. iron neck work, but just straight up one body part a day. That's it. And, uh, it takes like 25 to 35 minutes. Cause I'm trying to be like, have like a lot of intensity within those sets, but it's like three to four exercises a day. That's it. And then I get my cardio in. I like it. I like it. I thought you were going to say that you were doing a, I didn't realize when you told me that, that you designed your own program. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. 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 I've, I'm doing my own strength. Sick. When'd you start it? Uh, yesterday is I technically started it, but the day before is when I like, yesterday is like, I wrote the whole thing out, but the day before I had the idea, I began it the day before, then I mapped the whole program out and I technically started it yesterday. So I'm excited to see how it goes. I just think it's like, this is why I think it's so important for people to try the activities and the sports that, that they're programming for. 
and also try the, the workouts that they're writing. Because it's one thing to have theoretical knowledge or even not even theoretical, just to have like knowledge of the sports and the demand of the sports. It's one thing to know it by looking at it and watching it and studying. It's another thing to actually do it and take part in it and feel it. And um, I've tried so many different types of workout programs in relation to jujitsu. And there, it's it's very difficult to balance the stressors of jujitsu along with the stressors of strength training, along with the stressors of cardio and the time investment. So I'm trying to figure out what is the fucking best, and I, I'm hoping this is this is leading me along that path. When you talk about cardio being like, there's a point of diminishing returns with high intensity cardio to increase your gas tank. Do you? Like your cardio is in peak condition right now, no? It's the best it's ever been, that's for sure. Is cardio a limiting factor in your jiu-jitsu game? As of right now, no, it's not a limiting factor in my jiu-jitsu game. It, it's not. I think it, it, it also depends who I'm going against, right? If I'm going against someone in my age group and in my uh, technical level, then cardio is absolutely not the limiting factor at all, um, especially in my age group, which is funny. Like. I'm in masters. Like once you hit 30, you're in masters in jujitsu, which I think a lot of people, I know for me, I, when I heard masters started at 30, I was like, really? I thought masters would be at like 40 or 50. But the, there's an unbelievable difference between a 20-year-old and a 30-year-old or a 22-year-old and a 35. Like it's, it's dramatic. It's, and it, it really shows more than I ever thought in jujitsu. It doesn't show that much in something like powerlifting. And in fact, I think in powerlifting, the 35-year-old would probably have an advantage over the 20-year-old, just like you have that, you generally will have more time under the bar, you'll have more experience. But there's something with jujitsu, the combination of cardio, flexibility, mobility, dexterity, the skill acquisition, it's the coordination side of it. It's so much of it is skill-based, not just strength-based, which I think it gives the younger, the young lions more of an advantage over the the older, the older ones. So, uh, and, and so against someone my age, my technical level, no, cardio is absolutely not my limiting factor. Um, but if I'm going against a 22 year old kid who is, who is like technically superior than me, yeah, cardio is going to screw me over for sure. Absolutely. There's also some interesting, like someone might hear that and be like, Jordan's only doing 25 to 35 minutes of lower body strength training per week. But, uh, your, like growing your legs is actually detrimental to your jujitsu game. So you don't want, you don't want like, you know, quad and hamstring hypertrophy. Not at all. And in addition to that, I have the however many years of high level powerlifting under my belt, no pun intended, where it's like, I, I have built up so much strength in my legs, not, not hypertrophy, but so much strength and so much like I have a, my neuromuscular ability to generate force in my legs is much greater than someone who has never strength trained before. So this is where my mind goes, all right, well, if I have a jiu-jitsu athlete who's never strength trained before, I'm probably not going to have them spending as much time doing cardio as I am. I'm going to have that person probably spend a little bit more time lifting weights, getting a little bit stronger, building more muscle because they don't have the, the backlog of years of strength training experience and, and the actual foundation of strength that I have. So it is a little bit different, different scenario. Well, I'm excited to hear about the updates of the strength training program over the coming weeks and months. Do you have any idea how long you're going to run it? I would like to run it for months before I really give much feedback. I'd like to try at least three months. It sucks. Like I was planning on competing in July 
my first time at Purple Belt, but I don't think I'm going to do that at this point just because of the rib. It's just I don't know if it'll be enough time to recover. We'll see. I, I might, but I'd like to run it long enough and then compete and see how how things feel. Cool. How's your training going? Great. It's going good, man. Nice. Good talk. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> What's going on? How are you feeling? Stronger? You feeling? You enjoying it? Yeah, both. Feeling stronger and enjoying it. Nice. What's your what's your favorite favorite day on this new program? Ooh. Uh, probably probably the squat and bench day. There's a squat and bench day and then there's a deadlift and I don't have it around here. Not there's there's a higher rep day that starts with like dumbbell walking lunges for 10 and and there's nothing Ugh. below 10 in the entire workout and that one's brutal. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's good. Nice, man. Oh, did we talk about this on the podcast? You sent me the most offensive text message that anyone has ever sent me in my life. <laughs> no, we didn't talk about this, but I know you're talking oh about Oh my gosh. So we know Jordan's on a fiber journey from last week. You know, he's, <laughs> he's going for a gram per pound of lean mass, at least at minimum goal body weight, one could say. And and so I told him, hey, just want you to like, and you, you know, you felt a little, I don't know if effeminate is the right word, but the fact that you were on a fiber journey, you were like, and I said, hey, I just want you to know, this is a few days later, I texted you. I'm also on a journey similar to your fiber. And you're like, are you on a fiber journey too? I said, no, I'm not on a fiber journey. I said, what kind of journey are you on? I'm on a hip thrust journey, a barbell <laughs> hip thrust journey and uh, i think you like rolled your eyes or something and and one of your first replies was i'm gonna read it i know exactly what i said yeah read it out loud this will be good first you sent me a michael scott meme from the most overrated show of all time which is a different discussion why are you the no, way you are wrong and then you said yeah that's, yeah you said i'm on a hip this journey and i said why are you the way that you are <laughs> I forgot I said that. That was funny. That wasn't funny. Are you hip thrusting more than 135 pounds? And I, I, didn't, I didn't even understand the question. First of all, first of all, it's technically very difficult to hip thrust less than 135 pounds because the setup is so difficult. I mean, unless you have big plates, right? If you have bumper plates and you, yeah, then, then you can roll it onto yourself fine with less than 135. But in, in my gym and in a lot of gyms, you need 135 pounds just to get your setup, unless you have a coach or you have a, your training partner or someone to put it on you. So, so that's one, two, like, I, I can't even like, Hey Jordan, <laughs> Oh, you're on a bicep curl journey. Are you curling 12 and a halfs or less? <laughs> like, like I don't even, <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was a joke, if you were trying to be offensive, I had no idea. And then when I talked to you, you were like, oh yeah, well, hip thrusting anything over 135 is just not fun at all, which is just wrong. But anyway, highly offensive comment. The reason I said it is because the, one of the main reasons I hate the hit, there are two main reasons, the barbell hip thrust, not a machine hip thrust or a single hip thrust. The barbell hip thrust is because over 135 just starts getting annoying. This, you put all the weights on. Same as a deadlift. And it just gets, always, gets say, annoying. Not, yep. No different than a deadlift. There's no deadlifts in my program, bro. I agree. I'm not talking Second, about your program. I'm, 
<laughs> like that's not a reason to hate the hip thrust, but then not hate all other similar moves. Well, the second reason it will will then lead into it. The second reason is anything so as it starts to get heavy, it's just super freaking uncomfortable to have on top of you. I'll uh, next time we're in person, I'll give you some I'll give you some tips. Thank you. I appreciate the the tips, the tips and tricks and hacks for the barbell. I got you. No problem at all. How's Memorial Day, bro? It was good. Good. Good family time. Little pool action. Oh, nice. Yeah. How about you? It was good. It was good. Went to a, a little park, hung out. Yeah, man. Everything's going well. Good weather in Texas, getting some UV. The sun is the best. Oh, man. Sun and then grounding, barefoot on the grass. Mm. Man. That's one thing I'm excited for, to not live in an apartment anymore, just have a nice little plot of land that I can just walk on in the grass and take my shoes off. Just feel better, yeah. like truly feel better doing that. Yeah. There's not enough of that today. Let's rip a, let's rip a Q&A. People know our thoughts on sunlight and grounding. And if they don't, we got a lot of pods to listen to. Oh, you know what? I have a question for, for everyone who's listening. Could you do us a favor and shoot us a message e- either on email What's the email, Mike? Info at fitnessbusinessmentorship.com. So either email or in our DMs on Instagram at personal trainer podcast. If you could just let us know what you're more interested in, in terms of business content or fitness content, and don't just say both. So like, if you are more interested in one, be like, I'd prefer like, more business, less fitness, or more fitness, less business, whatever it is, or just us shooting the shit, shit talking each other, whatever it is. Like what just let us know stuff that you're interested in learning about because sometimes we feel like we're operating blind. So just give us give us some insight into what you're more interested in. I like that. That's a good call, Jordan. Okay. This one you're gonna like. And you're not only gonna like the question, you're gonna like how this question was phrased. I love that. All right. C.S. Handley said, I need a powerful breakfast to start the day. Any recommendations? Mm. A, a, a powerful breakfast. I love that word choice. He wants a powerful breakfast, Michael. What's a powerful breakfast for this man? Well, it depends what he's trying to do, right? Get more power. Physical power, mental power. Um, Just all of it. Just do an all-encompassing power breakfast. Is, is he is he recomping? Is he maintaining? Is he trying to make gains? Is he trying to lose fat? Bro, I don't fucking know. This isn't a Q&A box on my Instagram. So I just, whatever you think is a powerful breakfast for whatever people need, you, but, you give your... Hey, how many... Dude, that's the question. I don't know. I know but, you want me to fucking message him and be like, I need more context, bro. Let's, let's, make, let's make something <laughs> up so that we can actually give a good answer. Okay, cool. All right, you start. Uh... A powerful breakfast. I mean, it, it's like asking. <laughs> All right. Here's the first place my mind goes that might be reasonably helpful. One of the things that most people struggle with, whether they're losing fat or building muscle, is getting enough protein in. And the the standard American breakfast of like cereal or or like toast with jam or like a or like a toaster strudel or waffles or some something along those lines toaster strudel completely completely <laughs> not a powerful breakfast with an or- orange juice and a toaster strudel with a little extra icing like that's a that's a my ribs are hurting from laughing yeah toaster strudel is not a powerful breakfast <laughs> um so get some protein in your breakfast uh mostly because it's going to help you 
Well, for a few reasons, it's going to getting protein in your breakfast is going to help you get closer to your protein target for the day. Um, you're going to increase the amount of muscle protein synthesis rather than having a no protein meal to start the day, which is going to help whether you're in a surplus or a deficit. Uh, uh, eating protein early in the morning is going to help regulate your hunger and is going to help keep you full longer than having a carb only or a carb plus fat breakfast. Um, now I'll just go, I'll just start throwing out ideas. Eggs plus fruit is a good one and you can cook eggs in a lot Egg, of different eggs ways. Eggs are a power food. Yeah, eggs are powerful. <laughs> a superfood, one might say. Yeah, powerful super. They're even more. They're like a power superfood. It's not like I I eggs are going to be my first one. That's I agree completely. So I have three breakfasts for myself. Are they powerful breakfasts? I one of them's one of them I would argue is not very powerful, but it's because I'm having it 45 to 60 minutes before training, so I don't want mm. a powerful breakfast. I just want like a okay. mediocre breakfast. So we'll go with this one, a powerful breakfast. <laughs> I love that. That's a great title. Uh, 25 grams of whey protein plus creatine. Um, and uh, oh, just, that's super just, powerful. Just, no, it's not that powerful. And then just one piece of bread with like a third of a serving of nut butter on there. I think that's a powerful breakfast. I mean, you add creatine to any meal and it's powerful. Plus the nut butter I mean, and the 25 gram protein. That's a power breakfast. So that's my, that's my pre-workout training day. Just get some food in me and then have my pre-workout and then have a meal post-workout. Um, on rest days, three to four whole eggs or if you're in a deficit like- How do you cook them? Uh, this is a, an important part of the power egg. I, How is it cooked? You know, if my wife's cooking them, she makes this delicious egg scramble with spinach and onion and like chicken sausage and, you know, all these all these different things. And sometimes they'll get wrapped up in a tortilla or like it's served in different ways. I go over medium myself. I'm a little bit more of a simpleton. So put them on there on like medium to low heat and, uh, you know, do one flip. And I want the yolk to still be like a little bit runny, but not uncooked with uh, some sea salt and, and ketchup. And well, power flip. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. And fruit with it or if I, what kind of fruit? I mean, there are so many good fruit options, right? Bananas, apples, berries. Those are, those are my go-to fruits. Maybe a grapefruit if I'm feeling like a little wild that day. Mm. But really any fruit, kiwis are underrated, mangoes delicious if it's quite ripe. Uh and what was my Oh my and my third breakfast is a a higher calorie shake that I'll also do on a rest day sometimes, which is two scoops of protein, uh peanut butter, banana, chia seeds and uh oh. and then almond milk. Although I've been mixing in some coconut milk here and there. I've actually intentionally upped my saturated fat intake recently and and been feeling I don't know if this is actually good advice but been feeling decent on on a strength and like how I'm feeling point of view what sources of saturated fat um th that was the main I mean whole eggs and uh mm -hmm. and not that much more red meat above baseline I don't eat a ton of red meat um but the the coconut milk, which is, you know, four grams of saturated fat per eight ounces of milk. Mm. Mm. 
you know, you said grapefruit and it just reminded me of, remember in high school, there was a period of time where I thought grapefruits helped burn fat. So mm-hmm. I would start my day every day with a whole grapefruit mm. and cottage cheese, which is a pretty good breakfast, but like. That's a, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could say grapefruit is a power fruit. I would say like, uh, uh, berries I think are power fruits. I think an apple and a banana are towing the line of power fruits, but I, I feel like berries are power fruits. Eggs are power. Eggs are just super powerful. I think they're the most powerful food ever. Rank berries for me real quick. In terms of power or in power. terms of taste? No, power. Power? Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of raw power, I think blackberries are the most powerful. I agree. And they're super high fiber. They t- I think their taste is just the best of all berries, the the texture, everything about them. I think blueberries are quite frankly overrated, mm. especially relative to to raspberries and blackberries. Out of those three, blackberry, raspberry, blueberry—that's the order from top to bottom. And you have strawberry in the four hole. I hadn't even considered strawberry. I think it goes blackberry. In terms of yeah, blackberry, strawberry, raspberry. Blueberry mm, okay. is my my top four ranking. Okay. Uh, not bad. Not bad. I think blueberries are still slightly underrated. Uh, and so I would go blackberry, blueberry, raspberry, strawberry is a distant fourth. Like Wow. Yeah. Not a strawberry guy. I'm not at all. I think a good strawberry is good, but they're so hit or miss. Mm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Either way, they're all they're all pretty powerful, but we we agree on top spot. Cottage cheese plus fruit is one of your, one of your options. Yep. Yep. Here here's I'm going to give you what I think would be like the ultimate power breakfast. Eggs number one. Eggs are the ultimate power protein and high quality fat source. Super beneficial. So many health benefits. Good for your eyes. Good for ever. Like eggs are just fucking amazing. Now, in terms of cook. How they're cooked? What? what do you have any? Pre- I heard that. Do you have any? Inhale. Do you have any preference on where you how your eggs are sourced? Um, honestly, I just look at which one is lowest cost and make sure that they're not um, that they're not broken at the grocery store. If they're Respect. broken, I don't buy it. Respect. You break it, you buy it. But no, I I, I don't really care where they're sourced from. To be honest, um, not from a health perspective. I care for the chicken's sake. Mm-hmm but not for not from the health or power perspective. The uh do you like white eggs or brown eggs? Do you care about that? Yeah, I like brown eggs. Well, why? They're powerful. Yeah, they have more power. Actually, the the eggs I buy, I'm I'm quite You know what? This is actually an interesting sidebar. I'm quite <laughs> cheap in life. <laughs> and uh and you're actually not. Like you're something I've I Dude, I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm I'm complimenting you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm ch- I'm cheap too. <laughs> you're you're actually quite generous, and uh, I I don't mean you're I don't I wasn't saying you're not cheap. Therefore, you're careless. I'm saying I think you're you're very generous. Um, one of the places where I am. You mean like tipping and stuff? Y- yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, tipping, picking up checks, like not worrying, not sweating the small stuff, like. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, Go on. Say it. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> you could say it. No. No, no, no. 
What? Say no, it. I'm, this is an interesting sidebar. I know. It's a good sidebar. That's enough of the sidebar for now, though. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> come on. You can't just stop there. You got to give the people what they want, I, me being the people. I don't, I don't know if... Here, here's what I'll say. One of the areas where I'm not cheap is on eggs, and I fully buy into the marketing of certain eggs of like, this chicken lived mm. an amazing life and was outside for 90% of its life and wasn't in a cage, and we're going to charge you like nine bucks a dozen when you could get it for i don't know 250 a dozen i think egg prices are, are back down um that's somewhere where i'm like okay i'm i'm hook line and sinker on on this marketing it comes with a picture of like the farmer like hanging out with his chickens in in the the egg marketing carton, on like, point yeah, bro <laughs> and dude i want chickens when i have like a house like i want chickens i don't know if this is like a an ignorance thing that I just don't know what I'm about to get myself into, but I really want to have chickens that I can just have eggs and give them a good life, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's a good idea. I think there's something to be said about being closer to the source and taking out a lot of the, the, you know, middleman in terms of the industry and, and something like, yeah, something that feels right about really knowing where your food is coming from. And, you know, we talked about this when we talked about hunting and like, basically, if you're not comfortable, if if you're a meat eater, but you're not comfortable taking a gun and killing a deer, for example, and then eating that deer, but you're okay with eating deer if it just shows up, like you're mentally disassociating between what ends up on your plate and how it actually got there. I think I think there's a lot of benefit to getting as a coming from a non-hunter it feels to me like there's a lot of benefit to getting closer to the source. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So back to the power <laughs> breakfast. I th- <laughs> When it comes to eggs, I think that there's two types. I think the two most powerful way to cook your eggs are hard boiled and and sunny side up for me personally, I know you're not a big sunny side up guy. You're more over medium, but I think like hard boiled. It's just, it's super powerful, bro. You can cook them, store them in your container, in your fridge in the morning, you wake up, scoop it out. And you could even just have them walking out the door, right? Just boom, hard boiled done. That's super powerful. And then in terms of a sunny side up, I love a runny yolk. So if I want to have like some toast or something and I can just like scoop up that yolk with the toast, I feel like it's a power scoop. Mm. I just feel like those two ways of eating eggs are super powerful. And then from going there, so we got the eggs, I would say three eggs in the morning, three, three good eggs. Right. And then we got, um, then we got for me personally, I I would have some berries, raspberries, blackberries, blue. I have that like frozen bag mixture in my freezer, black, blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, um, and then some type of carb, whether it's those brand buds for that, that fiber, maybe oatmeal, maybe some toast. I think that that's really good. And then I would also like, uh, you already have some, some high quality fat with the, the eggs as well, but maybe adding a little bit of avocado in there. And, uh, that for me is, that's like a true power breakfast. That's a power breakfast. That's like, what's interesting though, is that's also a high calorie breakfast. It is a high calorie breakfast, which I feel like power breakfast should be towing that high calorie line. So if you're going to do that, just know that 
you know, because a lot of the conventional wisdom, especially if you're in a deficit, is because dinner is a more social meal, because people are generally more tempted later in the day than they are earlier in the day, like higher protein, lower calorie early on sets you up better for success. If you're going to go this route, your your lunch and dinner will be a little bit smaller, which isn't a bad thing at all. And actually m- might be a better thing in terms of uh, energy levels over the course of the day and how you feel, mm-hmm. but something something mm-hmm. to keep in mind and pay attention to. Like if you're going out for Tex-Mex at night, be, be mindful of how many calories are in your breakfast. Yeah. Always, always mind your calories in every meal. But if you're eating a huge breakfast – your lunch and dinner will probably be subsequently a bit smaller unless you're just doing insane amounts of cardio or you're a huge person already. And like you have a huge caloric allotment, Mm -hmm. right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, for myself though, I don't have a huge caloric allotment. I will say my caloric allotment has increased since I've started doing more cardio over the last couple of years, right? Which is, I think, so massively under discussed. There's so many people who just hate on cardio and and, and there's also the people who say, and I used to be this person. I used to say you can't outrun your fork type stuff. And part of me still agrees with it, but the other part of me doesn't, right? Where it's like there's <laughs> – your calories can increase pretty significantly from just getting in an extra 30 to 45 minutes of cardio on a consistent basis. Like not by thousands, but by several hundred, by, by like a, a, a well-portioned dessert, by you know maybe having an extra serving at dinner something like that, like you can absolutely increase your calories pretty significantly just from doing a little bit extra cardio. I I like that strategy way more at maintenance than I do in a deficit. Mm, mm. But I, I do like it, but I like it way, I think it it plays way better at maintenance. It also plays better in someone who's experienced like yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Not not good for the beginner. Yeah, there's there's a psychological component to it as well. With the oh, I can have this. I'll do more later. It's it's mm-hmm. stealing yeah. from the future to it, give yourself pleasure in the present. That's an interesting discussion to have around. Like, yes, technically a beginner could absolutely do that, but I think as coaches, we all, we have to find the balance between get telling them the truth and also not overloading them with so much information that could potentially lead to a negative outcome by them abusing it type of a thing. So this is one of those things where yes, you, they could do it, but do we want to say that they can mm-hmm. do it because then they might end up going overboard and then trying to do so much cardio just so they can binge later. Obviously not this scenario we want. It's an interesting interesting balancing act that we have to embark on as coaches to try and understand, is this worth telling them? And if it is, you have to be very clear technically, yes, but it doesn't mean that you should do an extra seven hours of cardio just so you can have an entire birthday cake to yourself. That's not a good idea. Correct. All right. I think we laid out those power breakfasts pretty nice. You know what? Let us know what your power breakfast is. Shoot us a DM at Personal Trainer Podcast. Let us know what your power breakfasts are. If we see some good ones, maybe we'll share them in a subsequent episode. Mm, I like that. Okay, here's one. I'm not going to read this person's name because it's sort of a, a personal question. But they said, I'm not happy with my life. I feel like fitness could help me again, but no motivation to move ever. And this is a, it looks like a, a young man who's asking this question. Or just sort of stating this. I'm not happy with my life. Feel like fitness could help, 
but no motivation to move ever. What do you think? I completely agree with his intuition that fitness could help. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I hear I'm not happy with my life and someone is completely sedentary, not working out at all, like not moving around at all. Yes. Mm -hmm. Getting on a program is going to almost certainly make you feel better and get you into a state of momentum and teach you lessons that bleed into other areas of your life, into school, into work, into your personal relationships. And so I'm a huge fan of the idea that maybe I should start doing something, taking my fitness a little more seriously. Um, Motivation is a feeling, right? Like if you want the result, you're going to have to do the thing regardless of how you feel about the thing. And there's good news here. And that is that uh, like a, like a boulder rolling, right? And I'm, I'm Jordan's the analogy guy here, but I'm going, I'm going for it. I'm diving in. No, I can see where I'm you're going with in. it. I like this one. In your first week. This is a powerful analogy. Power analogy. In your first week of starting fitness back up, even in your second week or your third week of starting your fitness game back up, it's going to suck. You're not going to feel good. The workouts are going to be pretty torturous. You're going to be quite sore depending on the program, but even on like a moderate intensity and volume, you're going to be quite sore. You're not going to see any results in the mirror. Uh, The the scale probably isn't going to do what you want it to do. Um, You're not going to enjoy your training sessions. You're not going to feel the benefits yet. And, uh, And so like a boulder that is stationary and you pushing it, like it's barely going to be going. It's going to be really hard. Eventually, so she said. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, you're gonna build some momentum. So you're gonna start to get some feedback. You're gonna start to the scale might be moving. You're gonna see that like week to week to week, you, you're adding two and a halfs. So you're adding five pounds. You're getting stronger. Uh, you might start to have more energy. You might start to see the scale come down. Um, you're gonna be less sore. You're gonna start feeling a bit more motivation. Not every day. Some days you're just not going to want to work out, even if you're three months into a program, and that's where discipline kicks in. But uh, once you get momentum and once you start getting that boulder rolling, it starts to move a little bit on its own. Uh, So my advice would be to push through that sticky beginning period where you really, really don't want to do this because after getting some of that positive feedback, you're very, very likely going to want to stick to the program. Yeah. I love that. It's the truth. It's absolutely the truth where the beginning sucks. It does. But you know what? The other thing about this is so interesting. And I know you, you know this just as well as I do. It's so, cause as a coach, we see so many different types of people, right? So there's so many different types of clients and so many different things that work based on often the personality of the person. And I think the first coach I ever saw talk about differences in coaching and programming based on personality was Louis Simmons back in like the nineties. He had articles on this. It was just crazy far, far before anyone else I I ever saw anyone talking about it. Um, and there are some people who it's better for them to start really nice and slow, right? Go in, do a little bit of here, a slow habit build, whatever. But then on the other hand, there are other people who they are like, they go in and they go, they go cold Turkey and change everything in their life. And I, I feel like this is under discussed in the science-based world where it's like, well, no, it, it has to be slow, sustainable habits. And like, 
I talk about that all the time because I think for most people, that's generally the right way to go about it. But there's, I think probably maybe 15% of people who, which is not insignificant, who do really well, just like, hey, on a dime, I'm about to fucking change everything in my life. In this moment, right now, no longer doing this shit, no longer doing this shit. I'm going to work out. I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to strength train three times a week. I'm going to have my power breakfast. And then like 50 years later, they're like, yeah, I just one day decided, right? And uh, I think it's it's important to try and know yourself the best you can and to try and help your clients figure out what type of person they are. It's funny. I was uh, in the gym. Uh, I was in the gym earlier this week and there was a, a guy down there who I see maybe once every two to three months, I see him there. And he walked over to me. He's like, man, I feel like every time you see me, it's my day one back in the gym. He's like, I just, I just can't stay consistent. And I had to talk with him and I was like, listen, man, you have to remember that consistently good is better than inconsistently perfect. And he, uh, like watch it. It's funny. Cause we say this all the time as coaches consistently good is better than inconsistently perfect. We see it on social media and we'll get likes or whatever and comments. But to see this guy's face drop, as I said that he was like, Holy shit, man, I think you just changed my life, which will be interesting to see over the next few months, see if he, he gets in there more frequently. But I don't know, there's a lot to discuss here, but to answer this guy's question, it's you know you're going to feel better, you, you know you are, and you know you're going to feel worse if you don't do it. You'll feel better if you do and you feel worse if you don't. You have that knowledge. If you're waiting to get motivated, I don't know what to tell you. a long time. Just, you, you will be. You're going to be waiting forever. This is where I actually don't hate, like I go completely against the grain on the science-based stuff on here on like, oh, motivational mm. videos are bullshit or like, I actually like mm. giving yourself a spark early on. Like you're laying in bed, whatever, like watching porn jerking off in your mom's house and you're 23 years old and you don't have a job and you're whatever, like throw on an Eric Thomas, like pump up video with some music track on the background and drag your ass to the gym and go get after it. Like give yourself that, that fake motivation or give you, give yourself that feeling somehow. I don't know, put on a song, do like go to a place where you get that motivation and you can't go there every single day because you're going to go back to baseline. But to get that, that spark, I like that idea. Uh, I love that. idea. I I completely agree with what you said, by the way, I think it's more than 15% of people who can go Mm. all in, right? Like I, I think the, the ultra tiny habits on the fitness front doesn't make sense because you need to start seeing progress at some point to motivate you to keep going. And if you're doing like, you know, a serving of broccoli a day is you're spending a month on and then you're focused on water for a month and then you're focused on like an extra thousand steps per month, <laughs> right? Like that, that's the extreme of it. But you're, you're, right. you're going to quit because it's not enough. But even for the call it 25, call it 50% of people who want to change on a dime and who can, like their personality allows them to, and maybe it's not that high, maybe it is 15%. Even for those people, if they're not doing anything, we're not going to throw them into the deep end of like RPE nines and 25 set workouts and Mm -hmm. like insane volume and intensity because they haven't been training. Like we should still be programming them, even if they want to do quote unquote a lot, give them a lot in a way that is, is not going to like where we're not going to over fatigue them past what the benefit would be of the training session or of that amount of volume. Yeah. Yep. 100% agree. Um, 
but yeah, like I think fitness is the best place to start for changing your life. I, I this is also one of the reasons why these are the situations that I, I actually really like pre-workout in. Hmm. I will only, I don't use pre-workout if I know I'm already going to work out. Like if I know I'm going to get in there, I don't use it to try and make the workout better. I save pre-workout for when I'm questioning whether or not I'm going to get to the gym, right? It's like if I have a workout planned and I'm like, ugh, like I really don't know if I want to go, that cool, I'll take pre-workout. Because once I take it, I'm not not going. Like it's it's going to happen. So I think a lot of people overuse pre-workout where they'll they'll use it every single day and they'll it's like it becomes like they get desensitized to it and they have to keep increasing the dosage. It's like I don't think that's what pre-workout should be used for. I think it should be used sparingly and then especially for people in this situation, if you're struggling with motivation, take something that's going to kick you into next gear and get you like ready to go. I, I, that's what I love pre-workout for. That's a really cool idea. I don't, I basically, I know very few people who are like you. Like I know people who don't take pre-workout and I know people who can't lift without pre-workout. I don't know people who like, I, t- I take pre-workout one to two times a week or three to four times a yeah. month, but then I don't take it for, I, I just don't see that as often. Yeah, that that's what's what's helped me for sure, and maybe might help someone get in the get in the habit, even if they do have to use it, or even if they just have to use it to start taking a walk in the beginning, just so they can start feeling the benefits of walking. Like that's that's fine. Just get up and and make it a habit over and over and over again until it's you've done it for so long that you no longer have to think about it. It's just like that you know you feel better doing it, and it's part of your day. I love it. Uh, we have an agreement here. It's called the Gentleman's Agreement. If you watch this episode, if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We put out a lot of content on YouTube. Uh, we would really, really appreciate it if you subscribed over there. Personal Trainer Podcast is the handle. Jump over there, hit subscribe. We greatly, greatly appreciate you. Thank you very much. Have a good one.